Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I'm delighted to be joined by Laura Bradburn, Jerry Taylor and James McKenzie to cover the pre-match of Kilmarnock versus Celtic. Do we still call it by the name of the sponsor? Because I just like calling it the League Cup. You know, it, back in the day it was the Skull Cup, then the Coca-Cola Cup, via play. It's the League Cup as far as I'm concerned. What's your take on that? Oh, it's the Coca-Cola Cup to me. That was still the Coca-Cola the Cup? Alright. The first one I remember was the Cooperative Insurance Cup, I think oh, it was called. It just rolls off the tongue. And the Skull <laughs> Cup, the Skull Cup, that was the one that I just remembered that, you know, and at that time, Hagar, the horrible adverts on the telly, you remember them? So anyway, it's now called the Viaplay Cup. It's the League Cup. It's the uh, for it's the holders against a Kilmarnock side who have started this season off particularly well. Um, I said during the week, potential banana skin, Hear me out. And the reason I'm saying that is because I don't think the Rogers team is currently in the groove yet. I think it's we're still in that transitional period. There's a couple of things that um, a couple of spanners been thrown in the works for for Brennan Rogers. So he's dealing with that. And then you've got a team, as much as I don't like the negativity towards Celtic that you always seem to get from Derek McInnes, you've got a team who are very, very well organized in Kilmarnock. You've got the pitch, you've got a good start to the season. Laura, am I right? to be a little bit cautious about today's game? Well, especially since David Turnbull's been benched, I would wholeheartedly agree that you need to be a bit more cautious about our chances. But no, seriously, I mean, there's a few factors going into things. I think you're right. I think we haven't uh, quite settled into our groove yet for this season. The pitch is always going to be a concern. 
Um, and to be honest, the biggest concern for me looking at the lineup, which I know we'll go through, is that that centre back pairing. Not because I have any issue with either player in particular, but just because it's two brand new players to the club who have never played together, probably haven't even spoke to each other very much, and they're going to be going out uh, uh, from the start today. And, you know, everybody talks about centre-back partnerships being such a a vital foundation on which to build the rest of your team. You can't really do that when you've got two players who probably haven't set eyes on each other much before the last 48 hours, probably. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a big concern for me. But... at the same time, you've got to think as a Celtic supporter, we should have enough quality regardless to to overcome the issue. But um, but we'll wait and see, I guess. No, that that is the the big thing. You look at our quality, Laura. You know, you take care of business. That's what we've been saying all season. Um, but yeah, going into this, I, I just when I look at uh, the fact that we've got a central defensive pairing that have never kicked a ball together, um, that concerns me slightly. But you're then looking at uh, Novrothchi. To, to actually be the man, to be the main man there, um, even though he's played a, a grand total of two competitive games. Um, but also you're looking at Hart, Ralston and Taylor because, James, they guys have got plenty of game time and plenty of game time together. You're looking at them to, to lead the two new guys through this. Yeah, I think the fullbacks will be a massive help for them and the midfield as well. We'll get onto that a bit later in the show, I assume. But with Navrocki, I'm not really too worried about how he's going to perform today. I thought against Aberdeen, we mentioned it on the post-match, that it would have been easy for him to sort of crumble or lack composure when Cameron Carter-Vickers goes off because having him beside you was always going to fill him with confidence. But he took on a lot more responsibility in the second half when Aberdeen were throwing tidal wave of attack after attack and he held his own. I thought him and Stephen Welsh done phenomenal against Aberdeen. So... I think if, if any of the centre-back pairs are going to be leading it, it will be Navrocki, Lager, Bielke. I think that's how you say his name. Um, he played on plastic pitches in Sweden, so there's not going to be any real sort of worries about having to adjust to that. It's only that it's just, as you mentioned, a completely new partnership that we've never seen before. I think Anthony Ralston is only going to keep up in his game. I've mentioned time and time again on the show that I think... With Anthony Ralston, he just needs he just needs consistent game times. Last season was really disjointed for him, whether it was injuries or just not getting the game time. So he wasn't really able to build up that consistent rhythm that he needs to play to the best of his abilities. And we saw him close, probably the closest to his best against Aberdeen that we've seen him in a long, long time. But for Greg Taylor, I think I want to see a big performance from Greg Taylor today. He's back at a place he used to call home. And... He's not been good this season. He's not been good for a good few months now. So I earmark the St. Johnson game as perhaps the return of Mr. Bernabe if Greg Taylor doesn't play to the best of his abilities at Kilmarnock. And I think we need a big performance from him. I would like to see it now. Just before I come to you, Jerry, uh, we have Danny Boy asking what the team is for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. It's Joe Hart, Tony Ralston, Lagerbjelk, uh, Novrokche. Taylor, McGregor, O'Reilly, home, Abada, Maeda, Kyogo. Um, one force change, but also home coming into the side, Jerry. Um, I've liked what I've seen of this young Norwegian, as has James McKenzie, who's been raving about him since we, we purchased him. Uh, I was a wee bit surprised, I've got to admit. I think uh, I had said Turnbull would start the game, and if I was going to bring someone else in, I had said Awata um, to try and 
probably play it safe, protect the, the defence a wee bit. He's got that defensive um, uh, attribute to his game, has a water, but he's on the bench, home starts. What's your thoughts on that, Jerry? <clears throat> yeah, I was expecting home to play. Usually when the team comes out, lately we've been looking straight away at that centre midfield. But today I was straight to the, the centre of defence to see. I kind of thought that Awata might have started as centre-back today. But I think just for a wee bit, I kind of... Going by the pitch again, but you're, you're right. I mean, the pitch... They'll Surely Celtic will be, be training on that type of pitch all week. And I didn't realise that Lagerbelt, like you said there, James, had uh, been playing on a lot of kind of pitches like that in Sweden. So... Rogers obviously trusts him. He's seen him for a few days in training, and uh, I'm excited. This could either go two ways. It could either be, and understandably so, it could be a bit disjointed at the back today, mm-hmm. or it could be an instant click. It could be one of those, and who knows? Might be tough for Big Cameron Carter Vickers to get back in the team. You never know how this is going to go, and what a great headache that would be. Uh, however, I always get worried on this pitch. But I'm a hypocrite because I'm telling everyone all week. Uh, well, not a hypocrite. Folk have been saying to me even all week, oh, but Kilmarnock have to play in that pitch too. And I'm like, yeah, but they play on it every second week. But I need to stop making that excuse. Someone even said in the group chat, we are such a good team. We should never be using the pitch as an excuse. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this partnership. I think home in the middle, he's been the one player I think we've all been really excited to see get a run in the team. Mm-hmm. And as luck has it, with a Hitati injury, um, with Turnbull getting dispossessed nine times in one half, this is his time now to thrive. And I think he's got an old head for a, a young shoulders. So, yeah, I'm excited about this one. And I've had too much coffee today as well. <laughs> Douglas McPherson. Yeah, Lagerbjelk played all his matches here in Sweden, says Douglas on Astro Grass. Perfect start from. Um, it's only called AstroTurf, Laura, you know, because uh, the first pitch that ever had it was the Astrodome in America. It's not actually called AstroTurf. AstroTurf was a brand that uh, was so called after the Astrodome over in the NASL back in the 60s or 70s. See, and people say you're boring, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All you're right, we'll talk about Westlife instead. Boring. <laughs> do, you know, do you know it wouldn't be boring I'd love to see a match played in the old Blaze pitches remember them oh I know I know the old Red Blaze pitches I'm old master yeah. yeah absolutely you wonder though you do wonder when when you look at the the chat around the, the plastic pitches it's not really um, for me it's not really an excuse I just think in terms of the credibility of Scottish football you know there was a time not that long ago Laura where a quarter of the teams in the, the top league in Scotland had these these pitches but they weren't like of a great kind of like standard because there are obviously hybrid pitches and there's there's uh, artificial surfaces that are fantastic the ones in Scotland that I see look dreadful. They look really, really bad. And I remember um, East End Park went down the route of going plastic at the time when their pitch was one of the best in Scotland. It, it seemed bizarre to tear it up. And there were certain images where you could, it was almost like, you know, the, the squares that you see sometimes in carpets that are laid. You could actually see some of the squares lifting up when somebody went in for a tackle. And obviously all the wee black rubber bits that uh, you find in crevices for weeks after the game as well. But Yes, I think that, you know, if Scottish football is to be taken uh, with any kind of respectability or credibility, 
They've got to do away with the pitches. But I'm not going to use that as an excuse because, as you said before, Laura, we've got enough quality in this side. Um, when we're talking about cent- central defensive partnerships, going into this season under a new gaffer, I would have been thinking that was probably the least of our worries because we had you know, two defenders who had played so well together for a couple of years and then we had a few backups. And yes, I did want us to strengthen. But it's almost like it's changing game by game by game. And I actually feel for a gaffer in a situation like that. You've just announced Stephen Wells gets a new deal. Next thing you you know, he's walking about in a moon boot. Um, But I do think that I can tie this into the comments made by Brendan Rodgers. There's my my segue about signings. Rodgers is all about having a group of players and making them better. And I just think that whatever's thrown at him in the early parts of this season, he'll deal with it. Talking about those comments, I was very interested to hear them. I, 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 I struggle to understand them. For anybody who didn't hear them, he essentially used the phrase um, that he will work with the players provided to him by the club. Now, that mm-hmm. obviously suggests that if you want to read between the lines, he's not the one selecting the players. He's merely coaching the players that, that the club deems fit to, to purchase and there's a couple of ways to look at that. I think if you want to look at it positively, you could say there's a continuity in the way the club's being run that is regardless of the manager and, and, the, and the manager is essentially just a coach who comes in and manages the players. The other way of looking at it is uh, you want a manager who has the be-all and end-all say on who who is brought into the club. And certainly in Ange's case, although it might, might be the case that in some of the signings we have adopted this kind of um, uh, process by which we look at the Asian market. That was started by him identifying players initially who he felt were um, players he wanted in, um, Kyogo, Maeda and Hatati specifically. So there's a, a couple of ways of looking at it that I think you could come down on the positive or negative side of. My biggest concern about Rogers choosing to make the comments is he's not a man who uh, picks his words randomly. He knows exactly what he is saying and I am a bit concerned that he has chosen those words to get a message across that, listen, don't blame me if these guys turn out to be duds and, and I'm a bit concerned that the fact he chose to say it suggests that maybe he's not happy with it being run that way and I'd be very disappointed if he's been led to believe the club is going to operate in a different way and already it's operating differently from what he agreed to when he signed up. Now, if it if it turns out that the club was entirely honest with him from the start and he's now unhappy with it, that's entirely his own doing. But I just feel like we're already in a situation where there seems to be a bit of rancour between him and the club and we all know where that landed as last time and it's just not something you want to be dealing with this early on in a campaign. You just want to be focusing on the football and I feel like those comments are making an issue of something that I would rather not be talking about at the moment. I was surprised uh, with the comments. I remember a while back, Kevin Graham and I were doing a... We got a Access All Areas at a six-a-side tournament in Glasgow where there was loads of ex-players kicking about and um, the Anfield Rap were up. We were talking to the guys at the Anfield Rap about Brennan Rogers, the Liverpool gaffer, and how the recruitment worked at Liverpool. And at this point, it was in the January before Brennan Rogers left the building. And what the guys were explaining to us is how it worked at Liverpool was that there was a committee, like 
you know, this recruitment team, if you like, who would select certain players and then and, and Brendan. Is, well, that, that is fine. But mm-hmm. be honest with the manager that you bring in. And if you're the manager coming in, be happy with the way it works. Don't start complaining about it a couple of months into your reign, you know? If you're presented with a shved or a compere. Um, and I think, you know, at that time, I would need to double check the interview, but I think what they said is that, you know, Roger's got one in three, something like that. Kevin Graham might be watching this and he can remind me of what was said. He he would select one player in three. And then, you know, I'm I'm just thinking maybe I'm too old school, James. Maybe this is where it this is where it's at. All the big clubs, this is how it works. And obviously I think what we as fans have got that we didn't have maybe three, four years ago is that confidence in the recruitment team that confidence in Matt Lowell and the guys working under him in relation to identifying the right players. Because even in his first uh, fan media conference, he was asked the question about recruitment then. And Rogers was like, you know, sometimes I was getting a player who was of the right quality and sometimes I was given a player who was over here. And what you're saying is obviously the guys that just weren't good enough. What do you make of all of it, uh, James? Are we in now an era where this is just normal? But as Laura says, it did rankle a wee bit with me when I heard them saying it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I didn't really make much of it when I heard Rogers say it, to be honest. He's only really been complimentary of Mark Law and the work that he's done at the club. That was one of the things that he sort of he laid the law out when in his initial fan media conference. He spoke really highly of the work that Ange and Mark Law had done hand-in-hand hand, choosing transfers. And I think if it's the way football is these days, it's you have directors of footballs that will pick out the signings like... The, the Spurs-Man United game from yesterday, the player that scored Spurs as opener had been picked out by the director of football. The, man, the manager didn't have a say in getting that player. And sometimes that might be the best approach with Brendan Rodgers. I think it was on an episode of Huddle Breakdown, they had a Leicester City podcaster on there, and he'd mm-hmm. mentioned that Leicester played Southampton, they beat them 9-0, and Brendan Rodgers handpicked Southampton's centre-back to sign for his Leicester team that eventually got relegated the following season. And... That's sometimes scouting in these other areas, it's the way to go because you end up getting, oh, Barkas played well against us, let's sign him. Or Yusuf Monbu had a good game against us, let's sign him. You end up with signings like that. So, so how did we sign Oli Burke? How did we identify <laughs> Oli Burke? Well, I'm not too sure who identified him, to be honest with you. <laughs> Although I saw him, I was watching Bayern Munich v Werder Bremen on Friday and lo and behold, Oliver Burke got subbed on. <laughs> He's got Incredible. the best agent on the planet, right? <laughs> I and I keep saying this. I, I cannot wait until Kieran Tierney leaves permanently Arsenal because he will become the most expensive Scottish footballer of all time if you accumulate all his transfers. At the moment, Jerry, I believe it's Ollie Burke. 
unless somebody can come in uh, and tell me different in the comment section. Uh, but although he, he's a fellow Fifer, he was born in Kirkcaldy, so I'm claiming him. Oliver Burke, yes. So with, with regards to that, Jerry, when you talk about uh, transfers, and we've already had the Antiposter-Coglu uh, gong uh, because James has brought up yesterday's win against Manchester United. What's all this about Paddy Roberts and Kieran Tierney? I mean, oh. is this just is this just crazy season in the transfer window? Nostalgia. No, it's do you know what it is? It's nostalgia, it's, isn't it? It's not crazy season. It's lazy season for the journalists because it's just yep. it's the it's the easy thing to do, isn't it? It's like right, who's not been there in a while? Don't get me wrong. See, instantly I went Paddy Roberts, yeah, and the, the nostalgia was there. But I'm like, right, what's he been doing since he left? Um, but I've got a theory, right, on the whole transfer thing. Sit back, you ready for this? I'm having a bit of my bacon. I'm still eating my lunch. So, <laughs> sit back, relax. Let's let's do this. The biggest mistake Brendan Rodgers made, I think, this is going to the transfer thing again, right? Remember, about maybe a month back or so, and he said, when it, in fact, when he was doing his first interview, and he says, "I've signed for three years, and I will be here for those three years," <laughs> right? Know. So the boards went. A lot of laughs. The boards gone. All right. It's like the Chris Tarrant thing. See that check. No giving you that now. <laughs> go on then. I dare you, Brendan. Leave us. On you go. You've just told them you're staying for three years. You take what you're given. No, but seriously though, I genuinely think going by the record of transfers coming in over the past couple of seasons, Rogers have had a look at the setup. They've changed mm-hmm. it dramatically from what I'm hearing from when he was there. Yeah. And you can see that by the whole uh, Malumbu and stuff. By the way, I was a big Shved fan. I thought he was misunderstood. <laughs> I always wanted to see him getting a run. Um, I do get Burnaby vibes off him right enough. I get uh, Shved vibes off Burnaby, attitude-wise. But, um, get off on a tangent here. <laughs> um, but I think he trusts the process. And I, and genuinely, if, if they do come up with an idea for a transfer and he's not into it, he's not going to say, Aye, I think they've learned that, they've got a middle ground now. Um, exciting to see. I like how it's slowly starting to build. Get Tilly coming, they'll be yeah, coming back out from injury. There'll be another, maybe one or two, hopefully, coming in. I'm happy where we are with the transfers. I'm trusting another, the process. Yeah. Trusting the process. Another three, I think, before the, the window slams shut. And uh, with regards to the centre-half position, of course, Stephen Wells signs the deal. Stop, start for him. Feel for him. He's going to be out for a couple of months. But I do believe that uh, Brennan Rodgers can line up a team and, and set a team up uh, to get the result. Anyway, we've got a very strong squad and on the bench for anyone who's not seen it we've got Bain Scales Haxabanovic Yang Turnbull Kwon Awata Bernabe and Forrest I want to talk about the inclusion of home Laura because obviously uh, you wrote a a very uh, interesting piece on David Turnbull you know in defence of David Turnbull and it went on to Axholm.net last night onto the Axholm blog great wee read if you want to go and check it out Um, and I've got to say I did agree with it and I did agree with it and very much like the Stephen Will scenario, Turnbull is a player that I'd much rather be at Celtic. I think at the beginning of the pre-season when I touted him and Welsh for a move, it was probably for the betterment of uh, both players' careers rather than the fact that I don't rate them, Laura, because I've always I've always rated them and I've always championed Stephen Welsh. So the fact he's got a deal, Turnbull hasn't. And Brendan's been a wee bit non-committal when speaking about Turnbull and you know his reintroduction to the team. Um you know, I think you'll be disappointed that he drops out today. What's he going to do for David Turnbull, though? Because I do think about that. I think about um, how it affects a player. He's had a poor game against Aberdeen, 
sometimes a player needs to get another chance at it, another bite at it before you know you, you make that decision. But he's dropped right out and home makes his first competitive start. Yeah, I think um like you say, it it probably behooves a manager to not drop a player immediately if they've had a little bit of a dip in form. Uh which it's not really a dip in form. He had a poor first half against Aberdeen, get pulled off at half time. And it's just a little bit like I feel I feel there are certain players who can get away with an awful lot and they don't get criticized for it. David Turnbull seems to become a scapegoat for anybody who wants to target a, a single individual player for any bad performance that we're having. And the manager's playing up to that by doing things like yanking them off at half time and then not putting them in today. And I just say, if anybody wants to go and read the piece that I wrote, it explains a little bit about why I think just because he wasn't suited to Angie's game doesn't mean he's not going to be suited to Brendan's game. And just because he spent the majority of last season injured and then on the bench... It uh, doesn't mean that he doesn't still have a future at the club. The two positives to look at it from the situation is possibly Brendan's thinking, given he's had a long-term knee injury earlier on in his career, it's not the best prospect for him to play on that pitch today, especially not from the start. And another positive is, I want to see what Thiago Holmes got to offer. We haven't seen an awful lot of him, but what we have seen suggests that he is a good footballer. And I'm not the type of person who thinks... I want home to have a bad game because it means Turnbull gets back in. At the end of the day, I want the best Celtic team on the pitch. And if that is Thiago home and he proves it today, then fair enough, let's go for it. I I, I can't wait to see it. Um, But I I, I am disappointed for David Turnbull just because I think he's got an awful lot to offer. And I think it's maybe one of those cases that his face just doesn't fit. Speaking of which... You look at the Paddy Roberts thing, people clamouring for that kid to come back. He's done absolutely nothing in his career apart from what he's done at Celtic. The only team he's managed to get a regular place in is a kind of average Sunderland team who've managed to get a promotion. And now they're talking about shifting him out because they've had to get better players now that they're in the championship. I don't want Paddy Roberts anywhere near Celtic. I've said it numerous times and I'll say it again and again and again. But his face fits and his name's Patrick, so people want him. That's the way it is, unfortunately. The thing for me Laura, with that... A little sorry, on you go, Jerry. Laura, um, just so I can clarify, do you want him back or not? No, thank you. A wee note on Patrick Roberts. I uh, read something a few days ago. Back in 2016, Lionel Messi made a list of 10 players that he thought would go to the very top of world football. Guess who was on that list? Mr Patrick Roberts. No way. <laughs> Yep. I'd like to see I'd like to see, oh, I'd like to see that list. I'd like to see that list. I mean, think, I, I'm going to tell you. Messi made that list, is all I'm saying. <laughs> How did Messi cross paths with him? I heard. See, we played them in Dublin. We played them ah. in Dublin. They've had the autograph, I think. <laughs> now, listen, right. I think that that name, Patrick Roberts, linking that to Celtic, linking Kieran Tierney to Celtic or linking Fraser Forster to Celtic ensures that any news source that runs a story gets loads and loads of clicks and then they look at that traction that it gets and every so often, once it goes quiet, they'll run the story. It's almost a copy and paste. Uh, the only thing, the only reason we have spoken about Tierney a wee bit is because Rogers actually name-checked him and he, and he did speak about him. But all those other players, and in the past, Wanyama was another one. They're coming back, you run the story, you get the clicks. That's all it comes down to, in my view. 
you. Um, I'm really interested to hear a wee bit more from James about home because I know you've been a, a fan of home for some time. Before I do that, James, I'm going to bring up some of the comments coming in from uh, the actual viewer, Sean Thompson, looking forward to seeing home play from the start. So am I, Sean. And Paul McLean, agree, home is going to be a baller for us. Uh, I've got to say, credit where it's due, James has been saying that since the, the moment we signed the player. Uh, Sean, maybe home sitting deeper. Might we see Calmack push further forward at times? I'm going to ask James his thoughts on that. Patrick James, uh, Lagerbjelk starting. He will be tested, no doubt. Um, James spoke to Lagerbjelk at the end of last uh, week. Paddy Lavery. Here we go. Big shout out to Paddy and everybody in your family, Paddy. Uh, your first grandchild, Maeve, who was born yesterday. Congratulations. Congratulations, beautiful. Paddy. Yep. To you, I hope everybody's well, Paddy. You're a long-time Axelm supporter, so I hope you're having a fantastic weekend and hopefully Brendan's men can make it even better in a couple of hours' time. James, I'm coming to you. Give us a breakdown on home. Why do you think he was picked today? What should we expect from him? Well, I put in my team predictions. I was get, When I was making my team predictions, I was getting the general consensus for the contributors at a Macquarie was home or Turnbull. The, the, the contributors said home, but I went against them and went Turnbull and I should have listened to them. <laughs> I thought today would have been a game that was suited to Turnbull. Kamanak are going to sit off. They're going to be hard to break down. So having a technical player like Turnbull would have been great for breaking down Kilmarnock. The Aberdeen game where they're coming at you, that's not that sort of game. It got completely overrun. But I think the reason the home is playing me discussed it before we went live it's to help out that um, centre-back partnership because it's their, it's their first time playing together having McGregor and Holm who can both put in a tackle they're both decent defensively and they can do a job it provides just that extra cover and the extra assurance that a new centre-back partnership needs so he's on his like would be because making his debut he'll be looking to impress so I think Holm will be playing sort of as a number eight you have McGregor just in front of the midfield because he's so good at receiving the ball from the defenders and progressing the ball forward, having that sort of assured head and McGregor there, just in case things get a bit nervy for the new partnership, I think that'll be absolutely vital. I don't think Kamara going to really have too much to do, but we know they are a really organised team. Danny Armstrong on the right is probably their main man. I'll need to check if he's starting. Greg Taylor will have a tough time with him. I'll need to put in a good display. But yes, yes, yeah, I mean, you just reminded me that the Kilmarnock team actually is Dennis, Mayo, Dees, Findlay, former Celt, and Daba, Armstrong, Watson, Lyons, McGuinness, Kennedy, and Watkins. That's how they line up. Um, I'm going to bring this up, actually. This was made on the, the YouTube comments this morning, a long time before the team was announced, and it came in from Craig Jappy. I uh, hope you're well, tuning in. If so, good shout on the on the YouTube comments. Turnbull shouldn't regain his starting berth, says Craig, after a poor Aberdeen first half. Give home the run. Plenty of experience in and around him on the pitch. What's the point in making these signings if they aren't going to be considered to start? And I think that also goes back to you know the the conversation we had really about who's signing the players. Are we happy with it? Well, you know I, I've been calling home a legacy signing, Jerry. I've been saying that he's a guy that's been in the works for a while, and you know Rogers wouldn't have had much say in it. He comes in, and Rogers has picked him. You know, so he could. There's a few other options he could have gone for, but he's picked them. So I think that strengthens one side of the argument, Jerry, whereby the recruitment team is producing players that that Rogers is going to be happy with. Yeah, and we've had some belters over the past couple of seasons. Um, 
in the midfield though, uh, I think we're due, and I'm hoping for a big performance from the captain today, and mm. that's 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 going to help the day, uh, not the debut, but home for starting. If if his captain's assured in the middle, I I don't know if it's just because he's been the the midfield's been changed around and they're getting used to this new system, but. He is due a big performance, and I think he's. I'm hoping he grabs the game by the scruff of the neck today. Uh, I'm really looking to see how they all work together in the middle of the park. I'm excited, and obviously, you know, Kyogo hat trick today. I smell a hat trick coming. Okay, well, that leads us on to predictions. So, Kyogo hat trick, what, what, what are we going for uh, with regards to a predicted score, Jerry? I'm going 4 1 Celtic, and the one because just because it's a brand new partnership at the back. Um, I'm just going to I think we, we might lose one but 4-1 four, 4-1 one. Four, one, Celtic Laura I'm going to come Laura loves her prediction Laura um, Kilmarnock versus Celtic it's the League Cup I've been looking at this as just match day three uh, I just don't think we can differentiate and play any differently uh, what do you reckon in terms of a prediction today? I'm going to take on board what Jerry said I'm going to say hat-trick for Kyogo I agree we're going to concede a uh, but I'm going to be a glutton for punishment and say 5-1 and home will get one of the other goals. So, so confident. And James, <laughs> what about yourself? Um, I'm not going to go as sort of high scoring as the others. I think I think it'll be a similar game to the League Cup semi-final we played against Kilmarnock last year. Because like, they're, they're going to be very organised, very up for it because... They can't afford to lose goals as a cup day. They really need to be up for it. But I think I'll go 2-0 Celtic. I'm going to agree with that. The action is underway. And by the way, I'd already written it down before you said it, James. It's not a cop-out. The action is underway. <laughs> Let's go and check out the action. We'll be back at halftime. Hopefully, we'll be talking about Celtic's performance in the first half, uh, leading us to, into a lead, um, just as Kilmanic played back and Kugel's goes down the throat of the uh, goalkeeper. I'm not going to commentate on the game. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you to James, Jerry and Laura for joining me on a Celtic state of mind. Network.